It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Tresenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Good morning and happy Thursday. This is the first week of Advent, the 52nd episode of the second season of Stacy and Stacy Podcast, available each morning at 8 Texas time, Central time. But you can hear us anytime, anywhere uh, that you get your podcast. So be sure to subscribe, like, and share us with others. We love to discuss scripture and tradition and apply it to real life. And Stacy Trasenkos is teaching us from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And today's teaching is on, I'm going to do a drum roll. Drum. <laughs> I got it too. I'm going to break my computer. Oh, no. <laughs> what, what is it today, Stacy? Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were so excited you were going to say. Yeah, I was going to let you say it. <laughs> it's on Mary and her faith, her perfect faith. Um, one of our favorite topics. So this is in the Catechism, section 148 and 149, in the chapter we started yesterday on faith, um, on what the profession of faith means. And the Catechism, mm -hmm. after it gives Abraham as the Old Testament example of great faith, it gives the example of Mary, blessed is she who believes, the Virgin Mary, the perfect embodiment of the obedience of faith. Okay, well, let's say our prayer and we'll get started. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Father God. Glory to you, Lord. We ask that you show us your ways and teach us your paths. Lead and direct our steps. Help us to lean on you, to follow you, to stay so very close to you. Lord, please open the eyes of our understanding that we can comprehend your scriptures. Give us eyes to see you and ears to hear you. We want to hear you, Lord. Mother Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, grab your tea, grab your coffee and your Bible. Be sure to spend some time with the Lord today. And we have one more question um, oh, to go over. So also, if you... If you have a question you'd like answered, you can always message us on Facebook and we'd love to hear from you. But today's question is, what's the difference between a Catholic Bible and a Protestant Bible? That's a good question. It's very good. Yes. So both Bibles have 27 books in the New Testament. The Protestant Bible has 39 books in the Old, where the Catholic Bible has 46. So there's more books in the Old Testament in the Catholic Bible. The seven books that are in the Catholic Bible, they are Tobit, Judith, First and Second Maccabees, Wisdom, Sirach, Barak. Um, the Catholic Bible also includes sections in books of Esther and Daniel that are not found in the Protestant Bible. Mm -hmm. So... These books are called the Deuterocanonical. <laughs> okay, here, let me, let me work. Big Catholic word. Is that, what, is that it? Deuterocanonical? Canonical. Canonical. 
Yeah, De- Deutero canonical. Canonical. Well, I had to put I, a little I bit of my think. accent in there. <laughs> yeah, Deutero canonical. Canonical. Okay. Yes. And the Catholic Church believes these books are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Do you yeah. have anything and to they, add to that? They were in there, and they were taken out. Um, so yeah, we, we just. And I think it was in like the eighteen hundreds that they were taken out. Yep. I'm not sure of the history there. That would be an interesting. There's a question I have for you, Stacy. You know, it would be good to do a po- podcast. I was thinking about this on the Vulgate uh, and the Septuagint and, and Luther and the councils and how it all came to, to be. Are you studying that in your classes? Um, not really, but we have been, go- we've, we've been pulling it, but we haven't really okay. studied it in depth. But I think that would be something good That's to talk great. about. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. But today, let's go with the gospel. We are going to be reading, today's reading is in the gospel, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said to his disciples, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came. And the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. And everyone who listens to these words of mine, but does not act on them, will be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, and it collapsed and was completely ruined. All right, so this is a great section of scripture, but again, it starts in verse 21. Um, And he says in this reading, he says, anyone who does these words of mine. Well, so of course, I'm going to question what words, what what is he saying that we need to do? So we have to go back and look. And if we didn't go back and look, we might have missed that. This is also part of the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew chapter five, six and seven, all three chapters are are part of the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 5, we get the Beatitudes. In chapter 6, we get the Our Father. And if you have time to read all three chapters, that would be great. But if not, at least read all of chapter 7 today because there's so many nuggets in it. And we're just going to stay with chapter 7. So at the beginning of chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, it tells us not to go around judging everyone so that we aren't judged by everyone. It's kind of, um, you reap what you sow there. So that it's a, so that there is a, so that there (laughs) it talks about removing the plank from your own eye so that you can see clearly enough to remove the splinter from someone else's. You know, I learned a long time ago, you can't judge a book by its cover. I mean, we simply don't know what's in someone else's heart. We can't, the Bible tells us that we look at the outward appearance, but God always looks at the heart. We don't know by looking at someone, what they're feeling, what they're walking through, what they're reeling and healing from. I remember when I was in a very abusive relationship, (laughs) I remember thinking, I just wanted him to hit me in the face so you could see a bruise. I felt Mm -hmm. like no one knew what was going on. No one did know. I mean, I wore a mask Mm -hmm. very well and I hid it. No one knew what was going on. No one knew what I was going through. 
And I truly thought at one point, if he would just give me a black eye so that mm -hmm. someone would see the bruise on my face, then at least people would realize what was going on or something, mm -hmm. realize that something was going on. But during that time, I felt like I was the one being judged. Mm -hmm. I, I was um, I was standoffish and I was just judged as being standoffish, but I didn't want people to get too close. You know, when you're in an abusive situation, you don't want people to get too close to you, even though I wanted them to know what was going on. I was judged as awkward, but I, I never really knew what to say. I I was always afraid that if I said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing, I'd pay the price later. So, like I said, there's so much going on. I felt so isolated and alone because I didn't tell anyone. So all that to say, let's just be careful not to be so quick to judge someone because their anger, their selfishness, their mm -hmm. unpleasant tone might all stem from a hidden, unseen wound that we don't understand. So I just encourage us to pray for them. I mean, I can't tell you how bad I wish somebody had been praying for me back then. And sometimes I know it's hard to pray for someone when you don't know what's going on. But we can also ask God to give us his eyes for them and he will help us pray for them. Just pray um, blessings and provision and protection and just whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to pray. Okay. In verse six, it says, do not give to dogs anything that is holy and do not cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and then proceed to tear you to pieces. <laughs> this verse was always the tough ones today. <laughs> this verse was always disturbing to me. <laughs> and I got a, a quick story to tell about this one, too. One time year, many, many years ago, I was in a group and we were talking about God. And there was this one guy in there. And I started talking to him about the Bible and about the Lord. And I mean, he was he was on fire. He had a rebuttal for everything. He wasn't having it. And basically, one of the girls in the group told me that it was time to shut it down. And she said to me, stop throwing your pearls at him. Well, she didn't think he would get the reference, but he goes, he said, oh, are you calling me a swine? A swine? <laughs> yes. I mean, oh, good night, Almighty. I almost fell off my chair. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was, stop he knew the Bible. Your and she was right. It, it was time to stop. But, but in light of yesterday's scripture, this verse reminds me of shaking the dust off your feet and moving mm -hmm. on. I mean, we're told to guard our hearts. And like yesterday, this scripture screams boundaries. It tells yes. us where to draw the line. When I was a Protestant, we had a saying, don't beat someone up with the word of the Bible. And it simply meant, you know, walk in love. Actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. So perhaps if we added this saying to what Jesus said yesterday, sometimes we need to walk away in love. <laughs> in love. So it goes on a few more scriptures. It talks about asking, knocking, seeking. Everyone who asks receives. If you search, if you seek, you find. Uh, for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. It continues on with basically the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And then in verse 13, it says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few 
who find it. Another tough scripture. Two gates, one wide, easy, easy to see, don't have to look for it, no effort, no work. Many take it because it leads, but it leads to destruction. The one that is narrow takes hard work. It's harder to find. It's not as visible. Few find it, but when they do, it leads to life. Fewer people find this one, and most, according to this scripture, seem to take the easy way, the, the way that uh, the easier path, not really knowing, not knowing what they don't know, I guess. So this reminded me of a story of a baby elephant that I read years ago. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> there was a story about an, uh, a little, I guess it's a little teaching story. There's an elephant, a baby elephant that is tied up to a stake. And every day the owner would take the baby to the yard, the courtyard and tie it up to a stake. And this baby elephant would try with everything it had to pull free, tug and pull, but could not get free. Eventually the elephant stops fighting it. And when the elephant is fully grown, the owner, as he'd done every day since the elephant was born, would take the elephant, this massive animal, into the courtyard, tie it up with a small fragile rope to a wooden stake, and walk away. The elephant doesn't even try to get free. As an adult elephant, it could have snapped that rope in two, pulled that stake out so easily, but he doesn't know he can. He doesn't believe he can. He doesn't recognize his own strength. He was taught, trained, that he couldn't do it. And I thought about this when I read the scripture about the narrow and wide road, because wow. what, what, what uh, if the reason, what if the reason that we aren't looking for the harder, narrow road is because we've tried and failed? And we don't believe we can do it. We don't believe we have what it takes. Maybe we don't understand the gravity of the choice. Maybe we don't make time. Maybe we don't have any confidence in ourselves to think it even matters. Maybe we think we deserve to be on the wider road because we haven't forgiven ourselves for something. Maybe we feel beaten down, weak, hopeless, lost. We feel like we're not good enough, wanted, needed, loved. What if we feel like we can't beat the addiction, so why even try? Maybe we, like the elephant, don't even realize we have a choice. I just read this and I just thought about there's so many hurting people in the world and there's so many reasons to choose that wide road. And these people that are hurting they need to know the love of God. They need to know they have a choice and that they're created for so much more. They're created to be sons and daughters of the Most High. And if any of that resonated with you, if you're listening and and something I said just then just resonated with you, then please know that you are loved and wanted and that there's a plan and purpose for your life, even if you can't see it right now. And don't throw in the towel. And there is a another road for you. And just like I wanted someone to be praying for me when I was going through my dark season, I will be praying for you. And again, I'm reminded the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And we are to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into his harvest. Okay, it continues to talk about fruit. It says, beware of false prophets 
who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. And every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire, and you will know them by their fruits. So remember, what's in abundance of the heart comes out the mouth. So watch their fruit and listen to what they say. And then it goes on to our daily reading today, where Jesus says to his disciples, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do the will of my father. And I think about the previous scriptures that we've read leading up to this. And I wonder if the one thing or, or if one of the things that we are called to do is to share the love of the father with others who may be confused or just don't know or are hurting. It's God's will that they would all come to know him, that we all go come to know the Lord. And how will they know unless someone tells them? It says, blessed are the feet of those who share the good news of the gospel. And then it goes on. Everyone who listens to these words, all these words that we've just said, everything we've just talked about that's in this chapter. If you hear these words and you act on them, then you're like the man who built his house on the rock. Rains fell, floods came, winds blew, buffeted the house, but it didn't collapse. It was set solidly on the rock. And everyone who hears these words, but doesn't do them, will be like the fool who built his house on sand. Rain fell, floods came, winds blew, buffeted the house, but it completely fell and was completely ruined. Same storm, different outcome, based on the foundation of the house. So now I'm just going to go through real quickly and summarize the whole chapter. Don't judge others. You won't be judged. Use wisdom and don't give all your valuables to those who don't see the value in them. Ask and God will give you what you need, but then learn how to steward it so you can treat others the way you want to be treated. There are two different roads and you get to choose which one you want to travel. Search for and stay on the harder, narrow road with the ones producing good fruit. And don't be pulled down the wrong road by false prophets and deceivers producing bad fruit. Remember, you will know them by their fruit. Also, not everyone who calls Jesus Lord will be known by him and enter into the kingdom of heaven. It takes time and effort to build a relationship. So don't be afraid of the work because the same storms are out there coming against the good and the bad, the righteous and the unrighteous. If you put the time in, get to know Jesus, obey his word, you will survive the storms. So hang in there. That's beautiful, Stacy. Thank you for sharing the personal aspects of the struggles that you've been through. You've really taken what must have been an unimaginably difficult time in your life and you've turned it into something to, to give inspiration and hope to other people. Because you're right, we never, um, and we're, we're always so quick to judge someone by their worst moment. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's good. And we, and I wouldn't want anybody judging me by my worst moment because that's not who I am. Right. That was me at my worst. But, um, right. no, thank you for that. And I've been doing something. Um, I started it yesterday. Um, you know, we, we, Stacy and I have a whole bunch of kids going in all different directions. And, 
I uh, decided yes. So we don't, we can't really do an advent calendar because some kids are in the house. Some kids are moved out now and grown and two of them are married and living on opposite coast. And I just wanted a way to do, to unite my children for advent with an advent calendar. And so it's not a, it's not a, it's not a real brilliant plan or anything. It's just something I thought to do. I have all their mobile phones, right? So I made a group chat with all my children and with their, some of their friends. So, um, I got more, more than just my kids in there, but a group of kids, about 10 kids. And I'm, I told them, I'm just going to send them a little reflection from one scripture in the daily readings with just a little bit of encouragement. So it's a very short text. It's just a little nugget. You know how, when you open the advent calendar day by day and there's just a little tiny reflection. Yeah. So I'm writing them myself and sending it out to um, group chat of my kids and some of their friends every day, just telling them how much God loves them. And this is what the scripture today says. And, and I told my kids in the house, if you tell me you read it, I'll give you some candy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. So uh, I'm going to try that this year. Um, So I will, all that to say, Stacey, I'm going to send the link to the podcast um, for this day and um, make sure they hear, they listen to what you said about choosing the narrow road. Mm. That's something we've been studying in my philosophy classes. It it blows my mind because I didn't know all this stuff, but St. Aquinas um, following Aristotle called happiness. So, so many people would wince when you say that today, but he called happiness the ultimate aim of the human good. Like everything we do in life is for a purpose. We're humans with intellect and free will. And every decision we make, even when we're trying to figure out what brand of ketchup to buy, that that's not what Aristotle said. That's <laughs> Stacey Tresenko's. But like, even when we're at the grocery store trying to make decisions, we're aiming for something and and for everyone we're we're aiming for the good even when we make bad decisions like the decision to use drugs or to have sex outside of marriage in the moment we are aiming for what's good even if it's just a very shallow pleasure in the moment because we can't see past it we are always aiming for what we perceive to be good and so what they're teaching is very much in line with what you're saying today Stacy from the gospel that, I mean, Aristotle was saying this before the time of Christ. Aristotle was 300 something years before Christ came. And then Aquinas was 1300 years after. So Aquinas pulls Aristotle's teaching into the light of divine revelation. But what they're both saying is we we're human. And because we have intellect and free will, we're aiming for the good And what we have to do is learn to reason, learn to use our noggins and make good decisions because that is the path to happiness. So that narrow road isn't the path to misery. Mm. You will suffer along it. But if you practice virtue and if you make good choices, even when it's hard, you find the most blessed happiness. That's what the Beatitudes are all about. You find the most blessed happiness because you have God in you. You have Christ living in your soul. That's grace. And um, and you're able to endure anything. And, that, and they're saying that's where true happiness comes from. Happiness doesn't come from fortune. 
because you, you can you can have the fortune of having great riches or honor or fame, but that can all be taken away from you, which means it, it never really belonged to you in the first place. It's just something that happened to you externally. Yeah. That true happiness is on the inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think, again, of all those martyrs and saints who died grueling deaths, but happy. Mm-hmm. They were happy because they were united with Christ. So that is the gift of faith, is that deep and abiding happiness that is beatitude in heaven, ultimately, in communion with the Holy Trinity. So there's there's a reason to do this. It is the way to have a good life, mm-hmm. a good life. And you want to build a good life. Anyway, thank you, Stacy, for what you said. It's beautiful. Um, and you're beautiful. You're beautiful with all the things you know. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> so we um let's move on to the catechism and I'll start I'll stop um going on and on. But I was really I was really moved by what you said today. Thank you. I hope my kids listen to it. So the catechism, we are on page 40. (laughs) We're still in um, part one. Let me see if I can do this right. (laughs) We're in part one, the profession of faith, section one, I believe, we believe. We covered chapter one and two, and now we're in chapter three, man's response to God, article one of chapter three. And, uh, in in uh, section one under article one my goodness okay we're on page 40 page though 40. And if you click the link, <laughs> i love the hierarchy because it, it all fits together like stacy was reading the rest of the chapter today for in the bible you have to read things in context yeah so in the context here the catechism is talking to us about what it when we profess faith when we pray the creed and say i believe the catechism has a whole chapter on what it is that we're saying <laughs> when mm-hmm. we say, I believe, because we need to know what we mean. It has a, a whole chapter, a, a whole article in that chapter on I believe, and then another article, which we'll get to later on we believe. What does it mean when we say it together that we believe? Because mm. um, we, need, we need to know what we're saying. We can't just be talking nonsense that we don't know what it means. Yesterday, we talked about Abraham and his great faith to lead people to the promised land. Today, the catechism passage that we're covering talks about Mary. Mm-hmm. Blessed is she who believes. And I'll just read the, it's just 148 and 149, and I'll read it quickly. The Virgin Mary most perfectly embodies the obedience of faith. By, and we talked about obedience yesterday. It means to listen to. By faith, Mary welcomes the tidings and promise brought by the angel Gabriel, believing that with God nothing will be impossible. And so giving her assent, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Mm. And of course, she, she gave birth to Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity incarnate, the word. Elizabeth greeted her. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. It is for this faith that all generations have called Mary blessed. Throughout her life and and until her last ordeal, and that's um, referenced in Luke chapter 2, 
When Jesus, her son, died on the cross, Mary's faith never wavered. She never ceased to believe in the fulfillment of God's words, and so the church venerates in Mary the purest realization of faith. Mm. So if you're ever wondering, I mean, I just so many times, I'm going to be honest, like we all have a relationship. We, we, we have to form a relationship with Mary. Some of you may not have one, and some of you may have a, a deep and abiding faith um, and a relationship with Mary. But there have been times in my life when I'm kind of like, okay, Mary, I get it. I get it. You had perfect faith, perfect obedience, perfect humility and patience. But look, your kid was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And you were sinless. (laughs) Like me, not so much. I mean, I'm still... You know, I, I've telling one of my kids this week, you you can make bad choices and you can make a decision to do better and to amend your life. But oftentimes you're still going to be paying the price for those bad choices right. for years to come. Right. And, and I am very much, even though I converted in 2006 and it's been a long time, I still very much have things happen that I realize now wouldn't be happening if it weren't for some choices I made a long time ago. So you, you do have to, that's part of your penance. You do have to live with it. Um, It doesn't take all the problems away. And, um, and of course our, our children are not perfect, but, and so sometimes I'd be like kind of uh, snarky with Mary, (laughs) like (laughs) you did, you didn't have to go through the things we other, but then I shut myself up. like (laughs) shut up Stacey, because Imagine Mary at that last ordeal when Mm. Jesus, her son, died on the cross. I can imagine me not being quiet and obedient at Mm -hmm. the foot of the cross. I can imagine me shaking my fist at heaven saying, God, what gives? Like you ask me to give birth to the son. You ask me to endure this difficulty in my culture, being having this unexplained pregnancy. People aren't going to believe me. I'm 14. I'm saying, oh, it's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) You know, like the things that she had to go through and then, and then all the, that the passion of Christ and seeing him die, I can imagine myself standing there screaming at God, like what happens here? Like even with our miscarriages and with the Mayas, I get so mad at God. Like you ask us to be open to life and you just give us death. Mm. And um, she could have said that, but she didn't. She had, she had faith. It's easy for us to look back on what Mary went through and say, oh yeah, everything was going to work out just fine. That was all part of God's plan. And we forget that in the moment, she didn't know that. Right. She, she didn't know what was going to happen next. Like there, there he is. The, the Christ child just died on the cross. Well, great. That worked, that all worked out so well, God, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, um, but she kept persevering in her faith. And of course, now we, we say, blessed is she who believed. And it would have been real easy to look at her life at times and say, God failed her. But of course, of course, of course, he did not. That It was part of the plan of salvation for all of us. So I, I do pray for you and I pray for myself and I pray for all the ones I love in my life that we have that kind of faith, that we trust God no matter what, that even when we're enduring trials, even when we're having to deal with difficult relationships or things that happen to us that we don't understand and we don't want to deal with that we cling to the cross like Mary did and 
and say, God, I, I know you're working on something here. I'm, I'm a player on somebody else's stage and I don't even know the whole story that's going on. Just use me the way you would today and let me do your will. Give me the grace to do your will. Mm -hmm. I think about that when you say that, Stacy, a player on someone else's stage, because, you know, when we talk about the so that's, you know, mm -hmm. so many times in scripture, you you do something so that you benefit from from it. But mm -hmm. so very so many times there is a so that that benefits someone else. And that's when like you're a stage you're 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 on someone else's stage. You're a part of somebody else's um, outcome that what you're doing or what's happening to you or this whatever decisions you make affect other people. And we don't know the effect that it's mm -hmm. going to have. We don't know that ripple effect. We don't understand that echo that we're producing in someone else's life or how this side of eternity and maybe never. But but I think about that when you, you've said that several times and that really resonates with me. My, my philosophy professor said it when we were talking about happiness and and humility because um, it's not mm -hmm. our stage. The world is not our stage. We're, we're players on a lot of other people's stages. That's, that's really and, good. Uh, it, it helped me get some things into perspective. It's not all about me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and I, I think that when we read the Bible, when we read scripture, um, we learn that it's not all about us because mm -hmm. like I said, so many times we do things so that other people benefit and other people are blessed and other people know Jesus. Yep. Have a blessed December 1st. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. Yeah. I'm Stacy Trusenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>